Hey, this is Rachel, and you're listening to the Mosaic Young Adult Podcast. To learn more about Mosaic Young Adults, visit us online at thisismosaic.org slash youngadults. We hope this podcast is simply part of a greater conversation you have with Jesus. Enjoy the message. Hello, friends. We're going to be reading in John 15, verse 18, through chapter 16, verse 15. You want to read along today. I am the true vine, and my father is the vine dresser. Or, excuse me, 18. If the world hates you, know that it has hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love you as its own. But because you are not of the world, I chose you out of the world. Therefore, the world hates you. Remember the word that I said to you A servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they kept my word, they will also keep yours. But all these things they will do to you on account of my name, because they do not know him who sent me. If I had not come and spoken to them, they would not have been guilty of sin. But now they have no excuse for their sin. Whoever hates me hates my father also. If I had not done among them the works that no one else did, they would not be guilty of sin. But now they have seen and hated both me and my father. But the word that is written in their law must be fulfilled. They hated me without a cause. But when the helper comes, whom I will send to you from the father, the spirit of truth, who proceeds from the father, he will bear witness about me. And you will also bear witness because you have been with me from the beginning. I have said all these things to you to keep you from falling away. They will put you out of the synagogues. Indeed, the hour is coming when whoever kills you will think he is offering service to God. And they will do these things because they have not known the Father nor me. But I have said these things to you that when their hour comes, you may remember that I told them to you. I did not say these things to you from the beginning because I was with you. But now I am going to him who sent me, and none of you asks me, where are you going? But because I have said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. Concerning sin, because they do not believe in me concerning righteousness, because I go to the Father and you will see me no longer, concerning judgment, because the ruler of this world is judged. I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into the truth, for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will declare to you the things that are to come. He will glorify me, for he will take what is mine and declare it to you. All that the Father has is mine. Therefore, I said that he will take what is mine and declare it to you. This is the word of the Lord. Praise be to God. So I don't know about you, but you can be seated. (laughs) I don't know about you, but uh, I love a good murder mystery. Uh, I don't know what that says about me. But it's my intro for this night, so this is what you're getting. 
but I do love a good murder mystery, uh, you know, especially when there's like a good level of humor attached to it, you know, nothing like dying and laughing all in one movie. Um, and, I, and I love the character development and the sense that you're a detective, you know, brought onto the scene to figure out who did it. You know, the plot twists are always my favorite, mainly because I take a lot of pride in calling out the plot twist ahead of time. And then I tell my wife, which sometimes ruins the movies, but listen, that's why I was brought onto the case, right? Like the director wanted me to figure it out. It's not my fault that I just knew it was going to happen before they revealed it, okay? That's my thing. And while there are a lot of uh, good, you know, murder mystery movies like Clue or uh, Murder on the Orient Express, uh, my favorite murder mystery is not even a movie. It's a, it's a book called uh, And Then There Were None. Yeah, you read, probably read in school or read for fun. I read it in both. I'm a book nerd. And I don't want to ruin the book for you because I hope that, you know, Amazon can dedicate some money to me because I want you to go ahead and buy this like five bucks. It's a little small paperback. But this book has been one of the books that I've read multiple times. And yes, great plot line. Yes, great dialogue. All those things are there. But what gets me every time is that even though I kind of know how it's going to end, I still have this desire for truth to be revealed. Like I, like I, I want to, to know, I want the, the, the killer to be revealed. I, I want the secrets to come out behind the who did it is this desire in me for, for truth. You know, and as, as I read this story, I, I want the truth to come out. I want the murderer to be caught. You know, I, I want uh, justice to be served. Like, I, I love truth, right? Like, that's, that's what I'm thinking about as I'm reading the book. But as you read the book, you start to see that everyone has a secret, Kind of like Pretty Little Liars, if anyone's seen all seven seasons, like me. Anyway, everyone has a secret. And if you want to find out the truth, lies have to be revealed. And it's funny how that happens, right? Like truth has a way of revealing lies. Because at the heart of every murder mystery is the reality that there is a war between truth and lies. And somewhere inside of us, we want truth to prevail. Like we want that to happen, right? Like, like that, that fight though between truth and lies isn't just relegated or destined for just books and movies. It's our day-to-day -day life. We live now in a time where there is a war between truth and lies. Culturally, with the development of fake news and deep fake videos from Russia or hidden political documents or whatever you name it, there is this jarring reality that there is a war between truth and lies. And the fact that we get mad at people when they lie or when, when there's fallacies that are produced on Twitter or on social media and you find out you've been lied to, how do you get? You get angry because you want truth to be told. And we do this because actually as a, as a human race, as a, as a, as a creature, we need, hum, we need truth to function. We need to have a roadmap of belief that allows us to live our daily lives. Like no one wakes up thinking, wow, I hope someone lies to me today. No. Could you imagine getting in your car and red became green light and green light became red lights? Wait, hold on. I thought like, no, everyone would be dying. Like, like no one, like we need some direction of truth. Things have to have a reference point that we know that we can live by. Think about the last time you were lied to. Or think about the last time you lied to somebody else. You remember that feeling? Kind of, kind of disrupted your soul a little bit. I remember, uh, funnily enough, Blue's Clues. You know, 
Steve and Blue, the dog, before Magenta came on. No one liked Magenta. It's always about Blue. But whatever, we had to include another dog. But have you noticed, like, when, when Steve left, you were like, why? Why did Steve have to go to college? I thought he was already, like, 25. I thought, the, I thought he already went to college. And then, and then over time, you know, people wrote rumors that like he hated Blue's Clues or, you know, he died. And then he kind of came, came back out of nowhere. And you're like, oh, he's alive. Steve is back. And I was reading an article that the reason why Steve left Blue's Clues is not because he hated Blue's or the Clues. He, he, it was because he was depressed. The irony of it, the, the, the man whose sole job was to bring joy to thousands and hundreds of thousands of little children was unable to experience joy. There is something so eerie about that, isn't it? Like, do I feel bad for Steve? Absolutely. But do I feel like a big part of my childhood was a lie? Absolutely. And that's just a joke or a small thing, but there are bigger things in our lives that wreak havoc on our souls when lies are attached to them. And I don't want to be a broken record, but, but, but the stats still stand true. Our generation, this generation, has the highest rate of anxiety and depression than ever before, and it's because no one knows what to believe anymore. Like, there's no sense of comfort or safety in a world where you can't trust anyone, including yourself. Can you really trust yourself? Lies are at the core of our disordered living. Therefore, it's not that we just want truth to prevail. We need truth. Because if not, this disordered living will continue to fester. And this is why Jesus invites us into a life of truth. He says it this way in John 8, chapter 31. I'm sorry, chapter 8, verse 31 and 32. It says, if you abide in my word, you truly are my disciples, verse 32, and you will know the truth, and you might have heard this before, the truth will set you free. And so what Jesus is telling us in just the, those simple verses is that truth, when it is actually truth, is not meant to condemn you and it will not hold you down. Truth is not a captor, but it is your liberator. And so Jesus is offering us as the people of God and even more to humanity. He's offering a truth worth living in and a truth that wins against lies because it is a truth that will set you free. But while Jesus offers us a, a, a truth that sets us free, we live in a world that is hostile tr to truth, don't you think? It's really hard to make any kind of truth claims these days. Like, if you, like we, despite our hot takes and unpopular opinions, like the fact that we have to label it as hot topics or unpopular opinions is our kind of way of saying, I kind of believe this, but if you got beef with it, it's okay, I'll go over here. You can, like, it's okay. And we kind of joke about it, like Taylor Swift is not the greatest artist of the generation or pineapple belongs on pizza. Like, that's our hot takes. But the other ones that really matter of like, what does it mean to be a man or a woman? What is truth or lies? What does it mean to be a human? You're like, ah, I don't, I can't really make that truth claim. That's why our culture has developed this idea that you can have your truth and I can have my truth. And then when my truth is too at odds with the majority culture, I can just, I can leave it alone. It's okay. No, I'm not willing to die for it. 
It's all right, you, you, it's okay. I'll give up this truth, I'll take your truth because I don't want to be canceled or excommunicated. But you see, if there is a truth, like Jesus says, and we need truth, then we have to follow that truth. But if that truth starts to state realities that we don't want to live by, then it's no wonder that we live in a world where everyone is allowed to have their own version of truth. While we may not able to accept each other's truths, what we have to, we can't dismiss is our need for truth. There is a war between truth and lies, and it's not something we can hide from or escape from because we are right in the middle of it. This is how Jesus says it here in chapter 15, verse 18 through 21. I'll read it for us again. If the world hates you, know that it has hated me before it hated you. If you were of this world, the world would love you as its own, but because you are not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. Remember the word that I said to you, Jesus says. A servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they kept my word, they will also keep yours. But all these things they will do to you on account of my name, because they do not know him who sent me. So as followers of Jesus, we're thrown, we're actually thrusted into the middle of this war. And as you read this, you feel like there's almost this tension, like, like, like us versus the world. And they hate us. Like it says it, right? If the world hates you, talking, Jesus is talking to his disciples, if the world, if them out there hates you with me, know that it has hated me before it hated you. And so you feel like there's this battle, like, okay, all right, let's go. Like, you're over there, like, let's beef. Let's fight. But that's actually not the way that Jesus is framing this conversation. It's really easy to assume that this battle between truth and lies, that, that the disciples of Jesus are the only ones that have truth, and those in the world are nothing but liars. And while that, that is an easy narrative to assume, it's not the full story. You see, what we have to understand as we engage or understand this battle between truth and lies is that this war has been part of human history. There's a whole history attached to it. Jesus brings it up of lies and truth and hatred, but this is not the first time it's happened. Actually, lies came into existence right in the beginning of human history. Genesis 1 and 2, chapters 1 and 2, begins this, or man is deposited into the Garden of Eden. And everything is perfect, and everything is granted them that they could desire. Work, uh, good weather, a nice place to live. It's like, you know, living in the Bahamas for free, and it's just great. We're living on a resort. And so God created Adam and Eve, and he put them into this world but then Satan comes into the scene and often we call Satan like it's his name, but the word for Satan is actually deceiver, slanderer, liar. Actually, the way Jesus talks about Satan, he says in chapter eight, he calls him the father of all lies, meaning that lies begins with Satan. So Satan comes into this battle. He knows what truth can offer humanity. And he comes into the first human story and he goes to Eve and he whispers in her ear, did God actually say that? Nah, you're not gonna die. He didn't really mean it like that though. He's not that serious. It ain't that deep. But it was that deep. 
See, this lie that Satan began to whisper in Eve's ear, she couldn't help but follow through on it. And then sin began to seep into this world. You see, what God said to Eve was to not eat, and to Adam as well, to not eat of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. If they were to do so, they would die. So when Satan comes in, he lies, they buy into the lie, and they sin, and then they die. This is the history of the war between truth and lies. See, for Satan, for God, it's not just this idea like, oh, I just want you to be truthful. I want you to be honest people. I want you to be good people. No, it's a matter of life and death for God. It's not just lies and truth. It's about life and death because lies lead to sin and buying into sin leads to death. This is why in verse 22, back in John 15, he says this, but all these things they will do, uh, sorry, if I had not come and spoken to them, they would have been guilty of sin, but now they have no excuse for their sin. What Jesus is saying here is that he came into the world, like John 1 says, as a light to the world to expose sin and darkness. And it's important that we remember that because we live in a society and a culture that has removed the language of sin. Nothing's a sin anymore. We just need therapy. You just have too much trauma. You have just too much anxiety. Your parents are the reason you're so messed up. I'm not saying that your parents didn't mess you up. I'm not saying that there isn't trauma. I'm not saying that you shouldn't go to therapy. But no amount of therapy is going to fix the broken wounds in your heart. Therapy never brought dead back to life. Nothing can except for Jesus. See, in the battle between truth and lies, there already is a victor. There is a winner. You don't have to wait to see the ending story. You're not looking at it and being like, I wonder, I hope God, I hope God pulls through. Like Jesus is my favorite character in the Bible. I hope he pulls through. Oh, okay, he, he rolled the stone away. Oh, thank God. Like, no. You're not waiting and anticipating this. Jesus has already conquered sin. And he did that through the cross. And you're like, okay, I don't, okay, I, I get what you're saying. Jesus conquered sin. He came to expose sin. I don't, I don't understand how this is tied to lies. Lies is what brought sin to begin with. And so when God saw sin, he also saw the lies. And from that point on, he waged war against sin. He waged war against lies. Because it is sin and lies that keep you away from Jesus. So we talk about truth and lies like there are these ideologies or philosophies, like these are, these are ideas. But truth is more than just an idea. Truth is more than just a philosophy. Truth is a person. And that person is Jesus. See, later in chapter 16, it says that the spirit of truth will guide you to all truth. And then he says this right afterward. He says this in, in verse uh, 
The same verse, 13. When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth, for he will not speak on his own authority. So the Holy Spirit is not speaking of his own authority, but what is he speaking to? Whatever he hears, he will speak. Who speaks to the spirit? It is Jesus. And so he's going to, Jesus is going to tell the spirit, to tell the people of God to come and be with Jesus. He will declare to you the things that are to come. Truth is not an idea. It's a person named Jesus. And that's important to remember because think about this. We can play around with ideas, right? We can take them and drop them. It can be cold and calculated. Like, I just need a better idea. I need a better framework. I need a better this. But if truth is a person, it means you can know him or know them. It means you can experience them. It means you can have a relationship with truth. This is why Jesus, right after he tells them, listen, I've exposed the sins of the world and they hate me because of it. He invites us into the battle of truth and lies as tellers of truth. Not as, hey, tell people, to be honest, tell people there's a better way. No, no, we testify here. It says you will bear witness to me. Verse 27 of chapter, of chapter 15, and you will also bear witness because you have been with me from the beginning. We're not here as Christians to bear witness to truth. We're here to bear witness to the goodness of Jesus. This is, see, this is why Christians get a bad rep all the time. Like we're, we, we fight people on Twitter and Instagram with words and ideas failing to point people to the actual truth, which is Jesus. And I'm not saying like there aren't some truths to fight for or to stand for. What I'm saying is the truth itself, these words on a paper, these ideas, isn't what saves people. But Jesus is and does. We bear witness to Jesus. And I need you to know in the war between truth and darkness or truth and lies, all too often, many of us have sided with lies. We've sided with darkness because silence is complacency. I, I, don't, I don't want to tell people about Jesus. Like, like, I'm a Christian over here, but I don't want to be a Christian over here. Why would you not tell people about the most important person in your life? Why would you hide the truth from the world? Why, why would you not testify to the one who came to save? Why would we not share this with the world? Because we're afraid of being canceled? Because we're afraid of excommunication? You see, when Jesus told his people this, they weren't afraid of being canceled, but they were about to lose their lives. Chapter 16, verse 2, Jesus says to them, they will put you if you testify and bear witness to me, they will put you to death. They will put you out of the synagogues. Indeed, the hour is coming when whoever kills you will think he is offering service to God. That's crazy. We think we're persecuted here because we have people get angry at us for telling people about Jesus. I've never had to worry about my life being on the line because I love Jesus. But these people... These disciples, this first century church would lose their heads 
be crucified like Jesus, would be burned at the stake, would be thrown into coliseums and let them be devoured by lions and animals and gladiators for sport because they loved and testified and bared witness to Jesus. If they could do that, what is stopping us? And this is why Jesus says, it's better for me to leave because you need somebody to come help you because I know you're going to be afraid. I know you're going to get scared. I know it's going to be hard for you to believe the truth when everything else is falling apart around you. I know it's going to be hard to believe in truth when all these lies and all these things that the world tells you seem to be convincing. But he says this, the spirit, the helper comes whom I will send to you from the father, the spirit of truth who proceeds from the father and he will also bear witness about me. The spirit is called the helper to come and aid us and be witnesses to the goodness of Jesus. You've been set free from sin so you can bear witness to the one who sets us free. You've been given light so you can share that light with the world and the spirit has come to empower you, to give you strength, to give you courage, to give you the words. And I wish we could just end there because like, okay, so we just got to ask the spirit to help us. They're full of lies. We're not. Make no mistake. The world isn't the only one believing lies. Followers of Jesus for over a millennia have been tempted and fallen into the pit of lies time and time again. Because lies isn't a Christian problem. Lies isn't a non-believer problem. Lies is a human problem. And we need the spirit to help us towards truth. Because we so easily fall for lies. I mean, think about this. Eve in the garden, everything was perfect. She had everything she needed. Why would she believe the lie then? And we who live in an imperfect world, do you really think if Satan were to come to you and whisper in your ear, you'd be like, I'm good. But it's so easy to buy into the lies because Satan has been practicing for thousands of years. So let me ask you in this moment, what lies are you believing today? What lies are you believing Like to the men in the room, just, just have a, a frank conversation. Like I just want you to know that just because you don't think you're good looking, you don't have to be funny to be loved. You're like, that's dumb. Trust me, it happens to guys. We have to make up some excuse for someone to love us because we have to offer something. And if it isn't good looks, not all of us can be Zac Efron. Not all of us can be ripped and have super great genetics. At least I'm funny though. You know what I'm saying? Guys, you don't have to make six figures to provide worth in this world. It's okay that you cry. It's okay that you don't cry. It's okay that you want things. It's okay that you're not tall. It's okay that you're not jacked. It's okay that you're caring. It's okay that you're humble. But this world has convinced you you have to be like the Andrew Tates of the world. 
But even in the Christian realm, we have to be like the worship leader and wear cool hats and skinny jeans and ripped jeans and have tattoos that says Lion of Judah on our arm. And that like Christians are just the same. It's, not, it's okay if you do it. It's okay if you wear the cool hats. I'm not telling you otherwise. I'm just saying, guys, you don't need that to be in the kingdom of God. And woman, I mean, I can't imagine the amount of lies you have thrown at you every day in an over-sexualized world where some of you are afraid to say, I actually rather stay at home with my kids than be a career woman. Or some of you are too afraid to say, I want to be a career woman and still have kids. Some of you have to say, well, I don't want anyone to know that I've had sex before because I feel used and no guy wants a used girl. So many lies. So many lies. You have to look a certain way and think a certain way and be a certain way because the world tells you to be that way. That's not what Christ came to set you free. No, that's not why. That is what Christ came to set you free from. It's exactly why he came to set us free from. Lies are a human problem. For me, I realized, and, and, they, and I never really believed, I, I believed it, but I didn't understand it. When I was doing premarital counseling, Jen and Kev, who did our premarital counseling, if you know Jen, she's one of our leaders here, and Kevin has helped here as well from time to time. And, and they always said, uh, marriage is the most sanctifying experience. It'll really show you who you are. And I was like, I know who I am. They were right. I was wrong. Let's just get on the record. But recently, uh, there are times where I expect more from my, from, from my wife than is fair. There are times where she's tired after a long day of work and I want her to be cute and cuddly with me because I've had a hard day at work. And she's like, I, I'm, I'm not. I'm tired and I want to go to bed. But I was like, babe, but I, I want to cuddle. And I just need to hear a cute voice from me so that we can like cuddle and go to bed. And she's like, no, I, don't, I, I just don't have it in me. And that's okay because she's human. She shouldn't have to. But what I recognize is, it bothered me so badly. Like, it would get me mad. I was like, no, I need you to be cute with me because I need a cuddle. And we just, like, I need, it's been a long day. I need to be Little Spoon. And I know we laugh about this, but hold on. Hold on. I was expecting more from her. Because the lie that I have grown up with is that if someone is not happy with me, I've done something wrong. So if she's not willing to give me hugs and cuddles, I've done something wrong. And I'll be like, hey, did I do something? I, I literally ask her, did I do something wrong? She goes, no, you did nothing. And then she wants to go to bed. I was like, no, 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 but like, what's wrong? She's like, nothing's wrong. I was like, nah, like, what's wrong? She's like, and we end up having this thing. Nothing is wrong. I've just bought into lies because as I was younger, I I, I, the way that my family unit was set up was that everything, re I, I told myself that everything relied on me. My, my parents' marriage, their happiness relied on me. How good I was in school, how, how, how successful I was or how perfect I was, it held everything together. And so I, my job was to make everyone else around me. I don't need to ask anybody else for help. I I need to be the helper. 
And so when I bring that up to now, to all my relationships, if you're close enough to me, you might know I might not be the one to ask you for help, but you're the one who asked me for help. And I actually need you to need me to help you because if you don't need me, then what am I? These are the lies that we believe because we live out what we believe. We live out what we believe. It's not just thoughts in our head that then go away. These are thoughts that dictate how we relate to one another, how we think about ourselves. But I'm encouraged by the words of Jesus. There's a scene in John 6 where, 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 where Jesus is beginning to tell the truth of his kingdom to repent and, and it's, he's ramping up and people are like, that's too much. I can't follow the way of Jesus. I don't want that. So it, the text says that people start to leave and in John 6, he looks at his disciples, in particular Peter, and he says to him, hey, Peter, are you gonna be like them and will you leave? You've heard my teachings. Is it too much for you too? Will you leave? And this is what Peter says in the most sobering truth. He goes, where else can I go? You have the words of eternal life. See, many of us in this room are experiencing death right now in our day-to-day lives because you are living out of lies. Because you've let truth disperse and treat lies as truth. And so when the spirit of truth, it says here, spirit of truth guides you to all truth. This word guide is beautiful. And like, let me tell you, this changed everything for me. That word truth is only used one other time. And it's used in Revelation chapter seven, verse 17. And I I wanna read this over us. It says this. So imagine John is saying, Jesus is saying, hey, listen, the spirit of truth, the Holy Spirit will come and he will guide you to all truth. And this word, he says it again. In verse 17, for the lamb, meaning Jesus, in the midst of the throne will be their shepherd and he will guide them. That same word is used. And where does the lamb guide us? It says this, he will guide them to springs of living water and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. This is what we have to understand. Truth is not about ideology and philosophy. It's not about thinking better or thinking clearer. It's about following the one who has the words to eternal life. It is the spirit of truth will guide us to Jesus. And in following Jesus, where we'll be led to is springs of living water. Don't you want that? Just like in the garden when sin led to death, with Jesus, truth leads to life. Mosaic adults, what truth, what lies are you believing? What lies are you believing? that you're unlovable, that you're, un- that you're tainted, that you're disgusting, that you're not good enough, that you're not this enough, you're not that enough. What truth needs to come into your life other than this one truth? The world has been seeking truth from the beginning, but truth has come for us. Jesus came as the way, the truth, and the life and he was crucified so death 
and sin would be destroyed, that lies would no longer have strongholds over us, but that we are now able to have truth in life and life abundant. God will not share you, and he definitely will not share you with lies. He wants you in his truth. He's come to set you free from lies. So maybe for you tonight, this is a line in the sand moment. Maybe you've come in here with lies and you're hearing this and I need you to know because Christ is crucified and ascended in heaven. He came to humanity, died for our sins, crucified for our sins. His blood was shed to cover us and his body was broken for us. And because he resurrected on the third day and ascends and sit on the right hand of the father, you might be like, you know what? I'm tired of this. I don't want to buy into this lie anymore. Guess what? You can. You can have this life of truth and freedom. Tonight, let tonight be a line in the sand moment where you can look at your lie and say, I will not let myself be bound by that lie anymore. Let tonight be the night you ask the Spirit of God to give you the strength and the ability to remove the lie from your life. That you will replace the lie with truth so that you would live in freedom. You need the Spirit of truth, you need Christ crucified to experience life and freedom and abundance. So again, I ask you, what lie do you believe tonight? What truth do you need deposited into you? I'm gonna invite you into this moment, response and prayer. If you got a journal, if you got a phone, pull out your notes app, You know, what, you know what lie you come in with. Because whatever this thought is that wreaks havoc on your soul, that's the lie. Write it out. What is that lie? I'm gonna invite the worship team to come up here. Before we sing, before we respond and worship, tonight's the night you give it up to the Lord. Tonight's the night where you are able to give that truth, that lie over and to live in truth. I'm gonna pray over us. As I pray, I ask that you would ask the Holy Spirit to guide you to all truth. That your eyes would be fixed solely on Jesus tonight. And know and remember that he's come to set the captives free. For where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. I'll pray. Father, you hear the cries of your people tonight. They need you. They need your power. They need your spirit. Allow them through the power of your spirit to take every thought captive 
and to make it obedient to Christ. That every lie that has wreaked havoc on their lives, every lie that they have tied themselves to, that they would be freed from, that they would instead be tethered to your truth. Make all their thoughts obedient to Jesus. Allow them to remember that they are allowed to come out and to confess their sin and to confess these lies to you. May we, like the psalmist in 116, say, I love the Lord because he has heard my voice in my pleas for mercy. Because he inclined his ear to me, therefore I will call on him as long as I live. You hear us tonight. You know what lies have caused death to be experienced in their life. But you've come to give life and life abundant. You've come to do away with the works of the enemy. You've come to break the strongholds. God, would you allow your people to believe in your truth, to abide in your truth. For those who abide in your truth, the truth will set them free. Set people free tonight. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Thanks again for spending some time with us on the Mosaic Young Adults Podcast. Our hope for you is that Jesus will use the message you just received and direct your heart completely towards him. If you want to hear more messages like this one, please feel free to check out past episodes and subscribe so you don't miss out on any upcoming episodes.